Sometimes, when struggling, you need a tangible reminder that you're not alone. You Don't Fight Alone offers the YDFA kit, a small set of items for comfort, grounding, and serenity. Visit ydfa.org kits to get your own completely free YDFA kit. Please be advised. We will be discussing subjects that may not be suitable for all audiences and will include subjects that some will find challenging, traumatic, or triggering. Welcome to You Don't Fight Alone, a podcast sharing the stories of those of us successfully living with mental illness and how we got here. Something just wasn't right and couldn't necessarily pinpoint what it was for a while. And finally, my wife was like, hey, if you don't go to the doctor, I'm going to drag your ass over there because you need to make sure that you're going to be all right. Uh, my name is Chris, and I deal with anxiety and depression. to where we are now we lived where my wife and i went to college and she got a job down where we are now and it was cheaper for us to keep the apartment where we went to college and just have her live with her parents and i was supposed to be up there getting our stuff ready to move and everything uh, that did not happen and basically, the only time I left the apartment was to go to work and to go to a um, weekly waffles thing with our friends. And the waffles thing, honestly, was a lot of, if I don't go, they're going to come check on me. So it was kind of going just to make them think I was okay. And basically, I think the only reason I survived that was because we had cats and somebody had to take care of the cats. Not really much of anything was going through my mind, which is the big problem for me. I've, I've always got some song going in my head, something like that. And one of my things to know that I am about to just completely crash is the radio in my head goes silent. Not really any pattern for what they are which matches up with what I listened to. Like earlier today, it was bluegrass covers of Metallica in the afternoon. And in the morning, it was cello covers of Metallica. I, I don't know why. It's just what I felt like doing today. Yesterday, it was all classical stuff. The day before was um, some punk rock playlist I'd found on Spotify. But um, if the Johnny Cash Hurt plays, that is also a thing for me. That's like, I know that's about to be bad. Sometimes that's just getting a song or a few songs and playing them over and over to force something to get stuck. Sometimes it's just getting something kind of repetitive. I have a playlist that I made of things that have some kind of repetitive nature to them, which I realize all music kind of does that. But for whatever reason, these songs just click for me and I'll play that playlist and that'll usually get something going in my head again or just kind of bury myself in some work whether that be podcast things or you know work while i'm at work 
I really don't know which one would be more important between the meds and the music because I tried using the music before and that by itself didn't work. And I've never been able to get a good experiment going to see if the meds by themselves can work because there's just no way I can actually pull that off. So something close to 50-50, I would say. There's pr- and it's probably going to go 60-40, just kind of flipping around in that range based on you know phases of the moon and crazy things like that. As far as I can tell, it's something new. Definitely the worst I can, or the definitely the earliest time I can remember it being that bad. I mean, I don't know if I did track and cross country in high school. I had stuff going on in college, so there was always something that I needed to get to. I don't know how much that kind of thing just kept me from getting that low before, but definitely with her saying I needed to get my ass to the doctor, then definitely with her saying I needed to get to the doctor, that's the earliest time I can remember being that bad at all. I mean, there was definitely some anxiety about me going. Um, there's the whole aspect of I'm a man. I should be able to function without needing to do this, it, which you know didn't come from my wife at all. Just living out in the world did that all by itself. And a lot of it of I don't know where to go anyway, and I don't know anything about how any of it's going to work because I hadn't known of anybody who I knew was doing anything like that. You know, looking back, I'm sure I did know people who did, but nobody ever talked about it. I didn't really tell anybody for a while. Um, I mean, I was working at a restaurant at the time. So thankfully, the first day I went back after I started taking anything, I told one of my favorite bartenders there that I was starting something. So just... Hey, let me know if I start acting weird. But other than that, like I didn't tell them what it was for or anything. They didn't ask what it was for. And didn't honestly, even now, I don't really go around telling. It's not like I've got a billboard going saying that I'm taking meds for anything. It's just, I mean, it is what it is. I take them at home while I eat breakfast. So it's not like I need to take them with me for anything. I just wanted to make sure that I got the food right. Like I couldn't, I didn't feel in control of much of anything. Um, the lightheadedness and the little bit of dizziness, I knew that, or at least I thought that if I kept turning around to see what was coming up on the tickets and everything, I didn't want to get too dizzy to stand there or anything. So it's just, Hey, here's a thing that's basically not moving that I could focus on. And I can know that this thing is not moving. It was better than it should have been working that shift. Thankfully I had, I worked with a bunch of drug addicts, so they didn't necessarily knew, know what was causing me to act like that, but they knew watching out for other people. So I have never been thankful to be around drug addicts, like to the extent that they were outside of that one shift. I have thankfully not been on another SSRI. 
So I haven't had the opportunity. I, that was it. I, honestly, I don't know why I said the first time get off the SSRI. That was the first time I was on meds because after I got off the SSRI, then it was, my math is horrible right now, but probably like six or seven-ish years where I just wasn't on anything because we didn't have the insurance to get on there. I didn't know where to go to get back on anything. And eventually just through podcasting stuff, I made a friend who is in the psychiatric field and she was able to look through places around where I live, which is nowhere near where she lives at all. And she didn't really know the area for anything, but you know, she said, Hey, you can go to like one of these three places. And I found a general practitioner who is willing to not make me go through the therapy aspects of stuff because I'm doing fine enough without it, but she's gotten me back on something that is pretty close to the first drug I was on. For me, the experience was more of a very, very gradual decline back toward where I was before I initially got on anything. Like my wife could tell by the time we got toward the end, um, a few of my closer friends could tell. Obviously the person who ended up picking the place for me could tell. It's kind of why she forced herself into saying, Hey, you're going, which I'm very thankful for in case she hears this because she probably will. But I mean, it was just so gradual that I kept thinking for a while I need, like, I'm fine. I don't need to go do anything. And then eventually, yeah, I should probably get back on something, but I don't think I'm really that bad yet. And then the final step for me before anybody really stepped in was, yes, I really need to go back, but I have no idea where to start. The sides of bridges started looking very inviting again. And driving home in a place with a lot of bridges, that is not good. And once I got to the point where I spent probably a solid week or two making sure I was in the middle lane, that was just, yeah, I I need to go. I never started to swerve toward the edge or anything. I never like actually wanted to, but there was a lot of, Hey, I wonder, you know, how would I have to pull the physics off to flip over the side of it? How would I make sure that there's nobody else there? That kind of thing, but never, I should just, how could I pull it off? Breakthrough for me was one of my friends was, is, was slash is kind of depends on how much he's working on it at the time was making a podcast series about people with, um, chronic injuries. And this is actually how I started talking to him was, Hey, do you want to count mental health stuff? And that was well before I was back on meds. So it was just me dealing with it and the years of not having been on meds for a while and just talking to him about it and getting that stuff recorded just kind of 
solidified in my head yeah this is something that is going to end up being a part of me so i'm just gonna have to make sure that i keep myself all right while at the time thinking that i didn't necessarily have to have meds to do that which ended up being wrong i actually think corona has been this might just be the the this might just be me trying to find a positive with it, but I actually think Corona might have been good. It kind of forced um, an online fan community that I'm in to do a weekly craft night thing online. So there's a weekly get together I have with them. You know, even if it is just sitting here in front of the computer like we are now, it's still interacting with other humans. It's gotten a few other things going where. You know, I've got a and d game I play now every few weeks, and that's all online. So many things have opened up online. You know, getting to record with some of the people for my show that I've been able to catch because either the comics industry was shut down for a while or they're really trying to get their stuff back out into the limelight because they had, you know, like six months where things just weren't coming out. So they need to catch up and get things back in front of people's eyes. I've been able to catch a lot more of those people. I kind of found podcasting and then lost it and then found it again. So I had like this abstract idea that it existed and I always liked listening to NPR. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I can find something and listen to it on my schedule instead of on the radio schedule. And I found stuff, but I was still working in restaurants. So I didn't really have a lot of time to listen to things. And like, you know, I could listen to something while I was cleaning the freezer, but for the most part, listening to a podcast is just not good while you need to be paying so much attention to everything else going on around you. So I had a few things that I listened to, but I kind of lost them when I stopped being the guy who had to go clean the freezer and stuff like that. And then later, I, when I was working at a place that made stair treads and molding, they had me start driving one of the delivery trucks. And it was going probably up to four to six hours away and back in a day, which... I actually loved because I would much rather just drive for a while and make one or two stops than make 10 stops around town. But the truck was kind of old. It had a radio that could pick up AM FM stuff and it had a, a one disc CD player. So I knew that I could not listen to the same CD over and over. I did not want to try to change CDs while I'm driving a truck full of lumber. And I learned on the training trips that I took with somebody that the radio stations on the routes were not going to stay in for very long. So I couldn't count on that. So I'm like, okay, what can I find? And I didn't want to load up my iPod for stuff because I figured I'd, end up keep listening to the same things over and over. I'm going to want something more different. And I picked up, it's like, oh yeah, there's podcasts. So I grabbed those again. I grabbed a Bluetooth speaker, 
because that was the only way I'd be able to listen to it in that truck. And just, I magically had like 10 to 12 hours a day where I could just straight listen to podcasts. I really hope that today me would have been able to help out past me. I mean, I am kind of the expert on myself, so... I mean, you hope that you would actually listen to yourself, but I didn't listen to myself way back then either. But also this is me where like I've done multiple shows talking about this. I, I go on these shows a lot because you all have your own audience. You all have your own spin on how things are going. And the more people can hear this kind of message, the more I can spread it out that yes, you know, this is something that you can get through. This is something that I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life, but it's not a super horrible thing. It's just kind of, it is what it is. It's something I'm going to have to deal with, but it's fine. Then more people can hear that. Maybe somebody else will hear it and go get the help that they need. I really have no idea how I presented to past me at all. Um, it's, it's just a lot of, I really have no idea. I mean, I'm so far removed from somebody who isn't willing to take themselves to the doctor, who isn't willing to wake up to get over there. Even if I did have a good excuse for sleeping in, well, not really sleeping in because if you're getting home at four, you're not getting to sleep till five. So sleeping till noon is not a bad thing, but you know, some, now I would just kind of deal with it and wake up early enough to get to the doctor and be fine. Back then it was, I need to get my sleep. You know, I kind of in the back of my head knew that there are these things I need to do. I need to sleep. I need to eat. I need to take a shower. And I thought, you know, I'm doing those things. I can't be that bad. What kind of language can I get away with here? That is a bunch of fucking bullshit. Like, you you need to go. If, if you need something, I mean, not everybody needs meds. Not everybody needs constant therapy. Some people just need a little tune-up in the therapy. You go every month or two or maybe not even that often. You kind of get yourself steered back on track. It's just like getting the alignment reset on your car. You know, you're not necessarily bad. You're just keeping yourself from getting worse. And, you know, some people need to have the constant therapy. Some people need to have the beds like where I am. Some people just kind of need the regular checkup and they're fine. But you need to go. If you think you need to go, then you've probably already needed to go for a while. I mean, just the main thing I wish that people knew and understood was the way everybody deals with stuff is different. The way that everybody describes it for themselves is different. Um, like I say that I deal with anxiety and depression because it's just kind of a symbolic way for me of this is not something that I want to have. This is not something that I can get rid of. Like, you know, I have a shirt, I have a tape measure. I can get rid of those things and be fine. I deal with the anxiety and depression because it's something that's kind of forcing itself on me. 
and we're all going to find our own little ways of dealing with it. And in the end, you know, the words that I use there probably don't matter to anybody, but sometimes you just have to set yourself up for a win. And that's one way that I'm doing it. I do a podcast called Play Comics where I am looking at video games based on comic properties and how well they represent that source material. So I'm not looking at the games and saying, hey, this game is good or not. I'm looking at the game and saying that, yes, I can look at this game and understand some of the Batman characteristics or get an idea of X-Men and what they're all about or get a feeling of being Spider-Man. Like, in the end, I don't really care if the game is good. There have been some great games that do not represent the comic very well. And there have been some horrible games that really do represent the comic well. And one of the fun things I really like about the show is that I get a guest on for every episode. So it's not just me going through, hey, here's what I think about these. It's, this is what people who have a connection to the property come on um like i had bile stokes from jm miles explain the x-men come and talk about the x-men game for genesis so you know there's not many better people i can get than that to come on for the show and i've also started doing a lot of episodes talking to creators about their cool stuff so you know a lot of people making comics coming on and talking about their comic and basically convincing me to go spend all my money because they're all just such cool people that if you can only remember one thing then go to playcomics.com because i have links to everything else but you can also the easiest play <clears throat> the best place besides that is to head on over to twitter and i am play comics cast over there all one word squished together and you know i interact on twitter a lot more than anywhere else For more information and to donate, please visit youdon'tfightalone.org. The You Don't Fight Alone podcast is a production of You Don't Fight Alone Incorporated, produced and engineered by James Fisher and Keaton Lycom. The information presented by You Don't Fight Alone is not intended as medical advice. If you have mental health questions, please talk to a mental health professional.